Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Thursday, April 24th, the last show. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the studio. Uh, This week is, I believe, the last show. Production stops, uh, I believe it is on Friday or Monday. I think it's Friday, though. So spring semester is really coming to an end. We're certainly getting to that point where, you know, everything's wrapping up this year. Not only the end of a semester, but the end of... For me personally, my freshman year, I guess this is maybe a little bit uh, time for me to reflect. I know that, you know, we've covered a pretty pretty vast uh, subject or topic uh, area on this show. And I uh, just wanted to sort of maybe just for at least the beginning of this episode sort of reflect back on, you know, my decision to join the radio station here and uh, my decision to be a part of all of this here at WMUA. It was, it was, it's really cool, uh, you know, to get a show second semester, you know, as early as freshman year. Uh, my experience with engineering all the broadcasts was very cool as well. I feel like I've learned, I've learned a lot of uh, interesting radio skills that I wouldn't, even come close to knowing um and if it weren't for you know Mike and Alex and everyone else at the radio station for sort of showing me around and you know showing me how to use addition and I sort of just uh took it and ran with it really so sort of just a big thanks to everyone here at the station um you know this show will be over at the end of this semester which you know, I believe this is the last episode. Uh, there's a chance that, you know, this show could come back. Or even better, you know, it ends up being more of a collaborative thing with somebody else in the future. Uh, definitely, I will not be gone. I will still be here for three more years. And then, you know, like I said, hopefully maybe do a show with somebody else. I think one of the things that I really wanted to do better on this show was incorporate more people besides myself I think it just every week it worked out easier that I just showed up by myself and you know spoke on this show but you know if I if I maybe coordinated a little better and got some got some guests on uh, or even I I know at the beginning of this uh, the semester I said I was looking to potentially get some student athletes on that never happened I think Honestly, that would have been much more difficult than just having other people on in general because, uh, you know, the student-athletes are very well-protected and uh, sort of uh, sort of shied away from the media in, in a sense. 
uh, by the like communication directors. They will arrange uh, for you to speak to the players, but it's sort of a, a little bit of a process, and it would require a lot of back and forth uh, sort of communication, uh, which not to say it can't happen, but um, maybe some point later on down the road obviously didn't happen on this show this semester. But definitely wish I had more people on uh, my show. I know Joey Ice was on maybe a few, uh, a couple times because he was really good about inviting me on his show. I think it just the timing worked out, didn't work out this semester where he was able to come on as easily. Um, but I do think the shows are better when, when you get some sort of back and forth uh, argument. You know, you get, you get a collaboration type thing going. So those are those are sort of just my thoughts on you know how this year has been going and uh, you know just reflecting back on it. Uh, as for this week, I'm not really sure what is relevant. I mean, obviously the uh, NBA and NHL playoffs are sort of the most prominent things going on in sports right now. Uh, we already talked about that. The we have the uh, excuse me NFL draft occurring uh, tomorrow, I believe it is, or at least starting tomorrow. Um, we already covered that as well. Baseball is going on. We already covered that. Uh, instead of being redundant, I feel like since this is the last episode, it might be appropriate to sort of uh, put in a like top 10 takes I had on this show. So I think that's what we're going to do. Uh, we will do some of the best sound bites from this show. So without further ado, here we go. We will be talking about referees and officials and primarily how much people and the players are complaining about it as of late. What do you think, Joey? Uh, I think that's always been an issue. I mean, now with especially the added of uh, social media, also reviews now, especially being in part of the NFL and rule changes as well. I think that all factors into it, but I think there's always been some sort of pressure with the refs. Everybody just heckles the refs, regardless of what decision they make. I mean, sometimes they get put in really tough situations where it's a 50-50 call. Even if you look at uh, last week, the AFC Championship game with the uh, um, Jags, Jags and Pats. Remember Deion Lewis's uh, fumble? Yeah, right there? yeah, Like, that was yeah. kind of a 50-50 call. It was kind of tough to see. But with the review there, you could see that the ball got lodged out. It was kind of loose. Deion Lewis didn't really gain fully possession, but he kind of had it right on his mm. hip. And then it fully like came out, so they ruled that a fumble because there wasn't enough conclusive evidence. So it's stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like I mean, I'm sure like if it went the other way, the Jag would say that the the refs are uh, rigged towards the Pats, which they've been saying right. recently with all these controversial calls coming up. Like it seems like every single week against the Pats, but it's been going on for a long time. Um, for a while now, I think that this has been something that not just the Cleveland Indians organization has wanted to change. But sort of many sports teams around the country that have Native Americans as their mascot and or team name. The Redskins are another organization that come under a lot of fire for their team name. We'll get into that later. Certainly, I think we're at the point now in 2018 where it's outdated to have a logo that many people take offense to. 
Um, and understandably so. Um, Chief Wahoo was the, if you're not aware of what the logo um, looks like, it's a cartoonish uh, character of a Native American that probably doesn't represent Native Americans the way they want to be represented. The um, Chief Wahoo's skin color is very apparently red. And we're at the point now where top executives in Major League Baseball and now even the commissioner, Rob Manfred, um, said in a statement, uh, I believe through the New York Times, that the Indians organization, quote, ultimately agreed with my position that the logo is no longer appropriate for on-field use in Major League Baseball, and I appreciate Mr. Dolan's acknowledgement that removing it from the on-field uniform by the start of the 2019 season is the right course, end quote. Open for J.D. Martinez, uh, where he will most likely settle in very nicely. Um, since David Ortiz left, you know, it was, I know la after, after last, uh, the end of the 2016 season when David Ortiz retired, uh, the 2017 season was supposed to be sort of, uh, the DH role would be split between Hanley and, I'm blanking on the other player, but Hanley was not supposed to be sort of the full-time DH after like a month a month or two of baseball, like around like mid-May, it was becoming clear that Hanley uh, was going to be a more solidified DH than we thought. He was playing in that spot sort of, you know, on a daily basis, but now he's hopefully, in you know, because of the dip in production that we saw from him last season, hopefully this move to first would be you know, the right move for him, because I think he's one of those, you know, get in motion, stay in motion kind of guys, kind of players, because he definitely seems like, you know, when he wants to win, he'll produce, you know, when he wants to do well, he will produce, um, in the playoffs, he was one of the only players, you know, producing offense this past postseason for the Red Sox, which isn't saying much considering they won one game. I mean, they ha also have, like, the Miracle on Ice, which is one of the and greater then, Olympic moments. Yeah, you go back to that, and that's definitely up there in but, like, Olympic moments in general. Yeah, it's definitely up there in Olympic moments, but can you name any other uh, great Olympic moments from the Winter <laughs> Games? Like, mm, like, that could be, like... Oh, the or, like, the TJ... I mean, like, we had, in, I think it was Sochi, like, TJ Oshi uh, had the big game against Russia where he scored, like... Like three yeah, but will that shootout be goals. Remembered a hundred years from now, when you're just talking <laughs> about like the Winter Olymp Olympics in general or Summer Olympics in general. I don't, I don't think I mean, it will be. Yeah, but I don't know if like the Summer Olympics has or the Summer Olympics definitely has like a moment as good. They as, have like like the best memories. Uh, they definitely have as good as like the Miracle Team. But I don't know about like if we're talking about like hockey to basketball. I don't think basketball has like an equal like. Well, yeah, we're not talking hockey to basketball. That's, that's it's, fine. It still comes but, down to winter and summer, and I think summer. Like throwing what, the miracle on ice, like that's definitely a what top is memory. like a great like summer Olympic moment that compares to like the miracle team maybe then. I mean, I think Jesse Owens in Nazi Germany in 1936. Yeah. I think that's up there. I mean, you still talk about it today to some degree. I remember being a little kid re reading like children's book. They just recently had the Jesse Owens mm -hmm. movie about him. Um, it was I think it was the 1960s Olympics. I don't remember the guys, but 
I remember it was two like African American runners. They won. I don't know, like the iconic picture of them with like their fists up in the air. That was yeah, I've in seen that. The yep. '60s in Mexico City. That's definitely an iconic moment. Um, I mean, obviously, like I keep going back to like these guys, but like Michael Phelps having the most medals. Like he's definitely had quite a few moments there. Usain Bolt. Like if you're going from recent memory, mm-hmm. him when it was. Uh, I remember watching the 2012 London Olympic Games like live, watching. I believe it was the 200 meter dash. And it was the best heat was three Jamaicans versus three Americans. It was kind of awesome. You know, I think it's easy to say it's easy to get caught up every year and say, oh, okay, well, this is this is an exciting tournament and this is a tournament filled with a lot of upsets. But, you know, I think this year is in particular special in in terms of, you know, other years. It just seems that the degree in which the upset, the number of upsets and the number of, I don't know about the number of buzzer beaters, but I would say the number of upsets specifically uh, contribute to this year being sort of a special year and being exciting to watch. Because I think when you put a tangible, the thing that makes March Madness so popular is because of the upsets and because you don't have to be a sports fan per se, to say, okay, well, that was an underdog team that just beat a really good team. And you don't have to be a sports fan to say, hey, that's kind of cool. You know, in the in the real world, being an underdog and, and you know, being underqualified or whatever in any circumstance is can be applied to pretty much anything. So you don't have to be just a sports fan to really appreciate that. And I think that's why March Madness is so popular because, you know, everyone can get in on, okay, well, now let's root for this team that's lower seated. And I think the fact that we put tangible numbers on, you know, obviously in the regular season, there's top 25 ranked teams and, you know, we can put numbers on them like that. But the fact that all of these teams, the 64 teams, are ranked in their respective brackets. Okay, so that was a little bit of me just pulling sound bites, pulling clips together, um, just from some past episodes that I thought were, you know, maybe good. Maybe me and Joey had a good, you know, conversation going, or there was a point that I really wanted to make. Uh, but I just figured, you know, with this being sort of like the last episode just pull together, you know, some of the some of the better clips from this episode, uh, from this show, excuse me. So, uh, we will go to break, and when we come back, we will talk about UMass athletics for the last time, um, and that will be appropriate because the season is pretty much wrapping up for spring athletes. So don't go anywhere. Continue listening to WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. UMass Minute Women Basketball on WMUA is supported by listeners like you and by Collective Copies, a worker-owned print shop with a mission. Printing, publishing, and promotion, 11 worker owners who share over 150 years of experience in the print industry are there to help you at every step. Collective Copies in Amherst and Florence and online 24-7 at collectivecopies.com.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for staying with us. Last episode of the semester, uh, sort of wrapping things up here. As always, second half, we're talking UMass athletics. Uh, Instead of, well, actually, before we jump into spring sports stuff like usual, um, we will just briefly talk about hockey. Hockey did announce their captains for the 2018-19 season, and those will be Mario Mario Ferrero, Nico Hildenbrand, and Kale McCarr. Those will be your three captains uh, for next season for the UMass hockey team. Um, rising junior Nico Hildenbrand and rising sophomores Kale McCarr and Mario Ferrero will be the three uh, captains, the guys leading in the locker room. Greg Carvel announced that, uh, I believe it was uh, several days ago, several days to a week ago. But, uh, yeah, all three players had very critical roles in the 2017-18 campaign. Um, one of the biggest turnarounds in program history, really, uh, improving to one of, you know, one of the better teams in the nation. Certainly, you know, nothing nothing too crazy yet, but, I mean, they only won, like, five games last se- uh, two seasons ago, and then last season, or I guess you could say this season, they went close to 500. So, very big turnaround for them. Uh, Hilden Brand, I believe, had 17 points, 8 goals on the season. Uh, he played in 36 games, uh, so very good for him. Ferraro, who was a Hockey East uh, all-rookie team selection. Um, and then Kel McCarr, as we know, is returning, um, I believe, he, the Alberta native that was drafted fourth overall by uh, the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh, McCarr will be returning. And because of that, so will Ferraro, and in turn, so will a lot of the other younger players. Uh, I believe John Leonard will be staying. Um, they also signed Anthony Del Gaizo. Gaizo, um, terrible with last names here on the show, but another big prospect. Uh, so hockey is going to add him to their recruiting class. Uh, last year's recruiting class was one of the best ever to come in. So, and it certainly showed with the uh, results they produced. Uh, so UMass Hockey, you know, going to get even better. Del Gaza, who I was just talking about a second ago, he's a defenseman. Um, 5'9", 170 pounds. I believe he was uh, in the USHL. He played for the uh, Lumberjacks. Rising Ridge, New Jersey, that's where he's from. Uh, he played in 59 games there, 12 goals, 26 assists. So pretty impressive stuff, especially for a defenseman. He was a, among North American uh, skaters list in the NHL's Central Scouting's final rankings for the 2018 NHL draft. Um, yeah. So he was, oh, for that, excuse me, he was number 187. So among all the skaters in the uh, scouting rankings. So, UMass adding even more uh, scouting uh, potential, even better younger players to their roster. Hockey will probably be close to one of the better teams on campus next season. Uh, they still have to give lacrosse you know, a run for their money because men's and women's 
just so good, which uh, leads us into spring sports. We can jump right into lacrosse, women's lacrosse. Unfortunately, their 50-something game win streak came to an end. I believe, you know, it was something that had just been one of the longer-standing NCAA records. They hadn't lost an A-10 game in something crazy, and then, you know, they they finally lost the other day. Um, And then moving back to, actually, we'll stay with men's lacrosse here um, because we just talked about women's. But uh, essentially, Scanone won the USILA Team of the Week spot. The junior goalie had 20 saves, uh, one caused turnover, in the 11-4 win at Fairfield. So that's very cool. Uh, I believe men's is ranked like somewhere in the teens, I believe, for national, like on the national level. Um, and women's are also ranked, but they're in like the 20s uh, for the overall, you know, country, the NCAA Division One teams. So de- we're definitely, UMass could consider themselves a hockey school. I mean, excuse me, not a hockey school, a lacrosse school. Uh, 100%. Both teams looking to pretty much make deep pushes in the playoff run. Uh, I know women's started off a little rough in the um, non-conference games. And then, unfortunately, they did just lose that A-10 game like I was talking about. So, they're still in good position. They're still a good team. Uh, I believe they have one more home game left in the regular season. And then they'll start, uh, they'll drive down to Richmond for uh, the A-10 tournament. Of course, men's isn't in the A-10. Uh, they're in the CAA. So that's the only real difference between those two teams. Uh, moving on to softball. Softball uh, won both games in the doubleheader from URI. Uh, they remain unbeaten in the A-10 this year, which is very cool. Um, UMass improved to a perfect 16-0 and in Atlantic 10 play, with a pair of wins over the URI Rams, the Rhodey Rams. Softball, another one of those teams, doesn't really get a lot of credit uh, for the good work they do. I feel like most of it goes, you know, to towards, or spring spring programs in general don't get enough attention. It usually goes to, you know, the winter sports like basketball and hockey. Um, but yeah, it, it was it's very cool to see that team, that softball team, improve on you know what they had last season. I believe they were the runners-up last season. Uh, they're absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. I went to one of the games not too long ago. Uh, Koza is definitely leading them in hitting. I think she's hitting like the best batting average in the country. It's in the seven-somethings. Uh, and it surely, is trans- uh, it surely is translating into their you know record because they're 16-0 in the A-10. So that's very cool. And then we already talked about Del Gazo. That's another one of the headlines. We'll skip that. A little plug for UMass Athletics sticking with hockey. Uh, The team will be renewing ticket sales beginning on May 8th. Uh, So that's just sort of a little plug. Take advantage of that. Special renewal renewal, uh, pricing prior to the new season tickets going on sale July 24th. So you can get them a little earlier. May 8th, uh, that's when those are going out. Little shout out UMass Athletics. Uh, tennis, which also doesn't get a lot of attention uh, solely because it's, you know, a spring sport and one that's, you know, kind of hard to follow. Not not too popular of a sport in general. But 
Nevertheless, uh, the credit they deserve, tennis was seeded sixth in the upcoming A-10 tournament. That play uh, started yesterday, actually, and the Minute Women will take on, this is so this is the women's team, will take on number 11 seed St. Joseph's in the opening round. And then Kiara Oliver and the goalie, uh, UMass goalie we talked about for men's, Sacone, both of them will share the Student Athlete of the Week accolade, softball and men's lacrosse, will be recognized for the second consecutive week. Last week, uh, those teams both had players representing them for Student Athlete of the Week. So some some uh, very cool stuff going on in UMass Athletics. Seasons definitely winding down. Tournament plays are going to start. Uh, most teams are pretty good for the most part in terms of competition factor. You know, baseball, not super competitive. So, you know, we, we probably won't see them go too far. But uh, lacrosse, both men's and women's, and uh, tennis are going to go pretty far, I would say, or decently far, um, as well as uh, softball, because softball is another one of those strong teams. They'll make a deep uh, run. Track and field squads, it's a little different because it's more, you know, it, it becomes, I think, more of an individual type thing towards the end of the season. You have certain players qualifying for uh, invitational meets, and then, you know, some players won't. So I think it becomes more of that, like, individual success um, as we get, you know, we, we go later on into the season. And that is pretty much it for, you know, spring sports. Nothing else is really left. You know, we've already wrapped up, you know, all the fall and winter sports. I feel like, you know, now that being the end of the year, I feel like I'm already looking forward to, you know, the fall sports and seeing those headlines, you know, watching the football games and, you know, cross country and rowing and, you know, just all those, I think field hockey, all those fall sports, they'll, they'll get back out there. And, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty much what's up next. I mean, we, we have the summer gap, but, you know, it'll be starting before you know it. I think the first football game will be on, like, August uh, 20-something, 26th possibly. It's usually, like, the last Saturday in August, even before anyone gets on campus. But it's been a great year uh, for sports here at UMass. You know, nothing nothing special compared to some of those, you know, big five conference powerhouse schools, but certainly we're still a Division One competitive school, and we've seen a lot of improvement from these teams just in my time. You know, this one year I've been here, I feel like I've already seen so much improvement from basketball and, and hockey and uh, the lacrosse, the men's lacrosse team. Even they are improving. Um so it, it's 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 cool to see that you know they're on the right track, and you can't even forget about football either because football went you know undefeated in October, um, and then they also had that you know spectacular homecoming game-winning field goal. So still a lot of really cool moments this season. It's been cool getting to cover you know all these teams for the radio station. Uh, definitely want to get on more sports broadcasts. By the way, this is the station that you want to tune into if you want to listen to any UMass sports broadcast. We usually try to cover as many as we can. If it's not on this mainstream, you can go on WMUAX. 
uh, which is our second stream. We'll usually cover just as many games on there as we will on the first stream. So, you know, I mean, if you're not looking to pay for, like, Atlantic 10, uh, like, premium viewing services, you know, you always have this uh, for free. You can stream online or just tune in on your radio dial. So, you know, it's it's been a pleasure being able to serve the the Pioneer Valley and the Amherst community, and hopefully you guys are enjoying the coverage that, you know, we provide, and we try to, you know, give it to you guys as best as we can, and definitely try to, I'll, I'll try to get more involved, um, and, you know, hopefully somebody else will be doing this radio show next semester, uh, just as well as, you know, I, I have hoped to do it, so just sort of a final thank you before I sign off for the last uh, time, for the time being, I should say. Obviously, you guys won't, uh, this will not be the end of me, so you'll hear me again. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to be in touch with you guys soon. Thank you, everybody. This has been a production of WMUA Sports. Thanks for tuning in to Unbeaten on WMUA 91.1 FM.